you're listening to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, this Wednesday afternoon. And I'm really excited to welcome back on the program Cruzy McCalligan. Cruz, it's great to see you again. How have you been? Hi, good, thanks. I did my one of my Christmas good deeds yesterday and I donated blood. <laughs> that's not related to anything we're talking about today. But that's just, you know, a nice little <laughs> sharing of information in case anyone else wants to, because they're really desperate for it at the moment. Um, yes, anyway. But other than that, I'm delightful. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Well done, Cruz. I'm so pleased you're sharing this because it's true. There's always such a shortage in our blood bank mm. in Hong Kong. So it's great that you've done that for some Christmas cheer. Yay for you. Yay. yay. And for anybody else who's <laughs> thinking about giving blood this Christmas, you know, well, you know, we won't be out partying. So may as well do something worthy with our time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was delightful. It was a little rest and I got a biscuit. It was the most festive thing I've done. <laughs> So your so background is looking um, very Christmassy. For, for those of our listeners yes, who can't see festive. you, they can go to Facebook, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. You'll be able to see and hear the wonderful Cruzy and a, a really, really delightful Christmas tree behind you. Thank you. It's not my Christmas tree. It's not a real Christmas tree, um, but it's beautiful. I wish it was where I was actually right now. I'm a bit of a sucker for... Um, like kind of over the top Christmas decorations, um, you know, like especially this year, I think it's just been, it's, it, well, the reason we're, talk, we're talking about Christmas trees today and the reason we are is because um, I found it really interesting lately and kind of anecdotally from a lot of friends here in Hong Kong that they've all sold out. No one can find a Christmas tree, real or otherwise. I, I you know, like that too. And sold a real, out of Christmas trees, yeah. And a real Christmas tree is very expensive to get. I, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they, they can be. For sure, we got a real one this year because we thought, well, we haven't done anything all year. We haven't traveled. We haven't splurged. We haven't been to, you know, we haven't really, you know, like, let's treat ourselves. And I, I specifically asked for the smallest one they had. So ours is quite wee. <laughs> he's quite wee, but he's he's got great intentions. <laughs> and um, um, But yeah, and so, um, but at the same time, I kind of think, oh, it kind of looks like many of the good fakes so um but but it's interesting it, it it does just lift lift everything a little bit you know we 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 put up our christmas tree or you know he's not very tall but we put him up and we put some decorations on him a couple of weeks ago and it did just suddenly make us feel a little bit like lighter and more festive and um i i do love i love christmas and um a little bit of cheesy christmas goodness um goes a long way considering the the world we are living in at the moment i can see how people are spending a little bit more time maybe making their homes a little bit more festive and cheerful because we're spending so much time in them um which is okay and is a good thing for the for the purposes of um infection control but also um i wanted to i wanted to think about it a little bit more because it does seem kind of bizarre every year i mean i'm in my 30s so i have seen my fair share of christmas trees and, you know, and it is a funny thing when you really think about it. We get this tree out and then we hang things on it and then we put lights on it. And but it's delightful and it will always feel delightful. And the only thing that the only thing time I don't like seeing a Christmas tree is in like June and someone hasn't taken it down. And, I've you know, I've seen that. Who doesn't take off their Christmas? Who doesn't oh, no, take like, their... I remember there used to be um, there used to be a shop in um where i work in cyberport there was a, a shop and they had a christmas tree it was all fully decorated and they'd kind of just moved it around a corner 
rather than putting it away. But the corner was exposed to the rest of the shopping mall. So it would drive me crazy that I saw a Christmas tree year round looking like it was all. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> We're going to chat about Christmas trees which are a big tradition, really. There's not many places and not many people who don't really have a Christmas tree um, that, that I know of. But um, here in Hong Kong, people seem pretty uh, pretty into it. I, I was noticing, I was walking around with my daughter and every time she sees a Christmas tree, she yells, Christmas! So um, <laughs> it's been a bit adorable. Um, and we've and, and because of this, she has alerted me to the fact that there are many, many, many Christmas trees around, even little ones and storefront ones and everything else. So it's been amazing to be like, yeah, something like just putting that little Christmas tree does kind of make you feel like, wow, it's, it's Christmas. So I wanted to look into this a little bit, like what is the tradition behind the history of Christmas trees? And it goes back to the symbolic use of evergreens in ancient Egypt and Rome and continues with the German tradition of candlelit Christmas trees that was first brought to the States, America, in the 1800s. So it's quite a long tradition. So the idea is that Christmas trees, uh, they're evergreen trees. They're the ones that we use. It's not a, a tree that loses its leaves. They're specifically trees that stay evergreen. So that's, a, you know, that's quite a positive symbolic meaning as well. But of course, um, so how did they start? Well, long before the advent of Christianity, um, plants and trees that remained green all year long held a very special meaning for people in winter. Of course they would, because everything else is dying. So the ones that are staying green, you've got a, a, a justifiable fondness for. And just as people decorate their homes during the festive season with pine and spruce and fir trees, ancient people would hang these evergreen boughs, um, bows, bows of holly, boughs of holly? I don't know, you know what I'm talking about, over their doors and their windows. And in many uh, cu uh, cultures, they believe that evergreens would keep away witches and ghosts and evil spirits and illness and things like that. So if you imagine in the darkest of winters, and of course, we're talking about Northern Hemisphere here stuff here, right? Where it's like not like barbecue on the beach, Australian Christmas. We're talking about people who like it becomes the dead of winter and everything is dark. So, you know, people want to have sparkly, beautiful things because it makes you feel a little bit happier than it looks outside. Um, so, of course, in the Northern Hemisphere, the shortest day and the longest night of the year usually falls on the 20 21st of December and the, or December the 22nd, the winter solstice. And many ancient people believe that the sun was a god and that winter came every year because the sun had become sick and weak. Um, and they celebrated the solstice because it meant at last the sun god would begin to get well again. And these evergreen plants reminded them of all the green plants that would grow again when the sun god was strong and summer would return. Right. So there's like quite it's quite an ancient tradition in that way. Um, you know, the ancient Egyptians ha uh, worshipped the sun god Ra, um, who had uh, the head of a hawk and wore the sun as a blazing disc in his crown. Um, and at the solstice, when Ra began to recover from his illness, this is when Egyptians would fill their homes with green palm rushes, which symbolize triumph of life over death. So there's a lot of those life over death metaphors. And of course, we see that with Christmas literally being like the birth of Christ in the Christian in the Christian calendar. So there's a lot of life and death metaphors and imagery and symbolism. And so the Christmas tree, in a nutshell, kind of embodies that in itself as well. Um, so it's quite fascinating in that way. Um, of course, 
What's interesting is that, as we said, Germany's credited with starting the Christmas tree tradition as we know it, not like hanging up plants, but having a tree and decorating it. When in the 16th century, devout Christians brought decorated trees into their homes. Um, some built Christmas pyramids of wood and decorated them with bits of evergreen foliage and things like that. But it's, it's a widely held belief that Martin Luther, the 16th century Protestant reformer, not to be confused with Martin Luther King Jr., Martin Luther, um, first added lighted candles to a tree and so walking toward his home one winter evening composing a sermon as you do um, he was awed by the brilliance of stars twinkling amidst the evergreens as he walked beneath these trees and so to recapture the scene for his family he uh, erected a, a tree in the main room and wired it and put little lighted candles on its branches to set to show that to show that like to capture that kind of um dappled moonlight through sorry stars twinkling through the branches of a tree which is quite beautiful really it's when so you think beautiful about it, if that's and yeah, dangerous so at the same time. Imagine having little yes, mini candles. Terrifying yeah. dangerous. And <laughs> you wait till I tell you that one of the first tree decorating traditions actually involved setting fir trees on fire. <laughs> it was one of the first Christmas decorating ceremonies involved adorning a fir tree with paper flowers, um, singing and dancing around it, and then setting the whole thing on fire. Um, according to the New York Times, um, this all took place in the town square of Riga in the capital city of Latvia in 1510. Um, and at that time in Northern Europe, Christmas celebrations looked very, very different to they do today. Um, they ran from the end of November until the new year, but the dazzling spectacle of our Christmases, our Christmas tree today would be like, oh, you're not going to set it on fire? That's what we do, we set it on fire, <laughs> but no. But anyway, so it, it's quite interesting in that way. Um, so yes, yeah, so there's lots of different um, concepts around this idea of trees and where they come from. Then 19th century Americans found Christmas trees a bit of an oddity. Um, the first record of one being on display was in the 1830s from German settlers of Pennsylvania. Um, and even though these, so they'd been a tradition in Germany for a very long time. And then when German settlers moved over, they brought the tradition with them. Um, but of course, this is why it was actually adopted very late in America. So actually a lot of very festive Christmas traditions were not, even though today we associate that real like White House Christmas decorations, Rockefeller Square, giant Christmas tree, all these kinds of very American US centric festive Christmas ideas. The US was actually pretty late to the party in terms of like OTT Christmas decorations, which is quite interesting um, because because this so they, they, they did think that it was a bit pagan. So they were like, we're not really cool with this. It's a little bit witchy poo for us. So they weren't that quick. They, they weren't that keen on it. In fact, the influential Oliver Cromwell preached against the heathen traditions of Christmas carols, decorated trees, and things like that. So they were very Puritan for a long time in the U.S. Um, before they, you know, they took over the other way yeah. <laughs> and took over. Um, uh, interestingly, so in 1848, an, an, an illustrated edition of the London News showed Queen Victoria and her family surrounding a Christmas tree. So this is on the other side of the pond. Um, in 1846, the popular royals Queen Victoria and um, Prince Albert were sketched in the um, this standing around this tree. And this became very fashionable because they had a photo of the Queen with a Christmas tree. So of course, everyone wanted to have a Christmas tree like the Queen, which was super interesting. Um, and so, yeah, so this is it's quite amazing how they sort of... Um, they spread around, um, spread around. Now, in, I, I was particularly interested to hear that um, it, they weren't always displayed the way that you think. In fact, in, um, in Poland, Christmas trees used to hang like chandeliers. They would be um, upside down. 
they would hang an upside down Christmas tree. Um, and apparently this was very, it originated in medieval times because a Benedictine monk used the triangle shape of the inverted tree to explain the Holy Trinity. So he was doing a lot of visual learning with people. <laughs> And um, and he was trying to explain the Holy Trinity to pagans. Um, but the idea really took off in the 1900s in Poland, um, where the custom became for people to decorate the tree with fruit and nuts and ribbons and then hang it from the ceiling. And I saw a photo of this and it is very surreal. <laughs> it is an upside down Christmas tree. Um, this is a, this I thought was a particularly beautiful story. Um, Ukrainians decorate their Christmas trees with spider webs. And that sounds really grim and depressing. Sounds until almost you Halloween. Halloweenish. Yeah, it sounds very. It sounds like the wrong holiday. Um, but basically, um, while it sounds a bit ominous, this tradition is actually rooted in a heartwarming folk tale about a poor widow who found a Christmas tree for her children, but she didn't have any money to decorate it. So on Christmas Eve, she went to bed crying, and that night, spiders heard her tears and proceeded to cover the tree with their glistening little webs. And some of their versions of the story say the webs actually turned into silver and gold um, so that it, she, she felt really rich when she woke up in the morning to this sparkling, sparkling tree. And apparently spiders have always been considered really good luck um, in Ukrainian traditions, which I think is really wonderful. So a lot of the time people in Ukraine um, decorate their trees with silver and gold spider webs, which I think is like a beautiful, so beautiful nice. idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of twinkling little fairy lights that we put on trees all the time, um, some people say that Thomas Edison thought of this himself, but um, apparently it was his assistants who were saying, you know what, we've just created this light bulb thing that's working really well. Why don't we, why Make don't we extend that? Of that? mini versions of it because everyone's putting candles on their trees this could be a market for us so again you think it's going to be a big name genius but it's always the people in the background <laughs> um so yeah so there's all these different things now of course um, when we think about the popularity of Christmas trees, and we've got some family in the US who sent photos of themselves, like going out to a Christmas tree farm. And, and that's where 98% of Christmas trees come from. They're farmed. They're grown for that purpose. It takes them between six and 10 years to reach maturity as a Christmas tree, which feels incredibly wasteful. But, um, but that's how long it takes. Um, and they're farmed. Now, every year, Americans buy upwards of 30 million Christmas trees. Wow. Um, and 25 to 30 million Christmas trees are harvested annually from a crop of about 350 million trees in farms across the United States. And so that's quite fascinating in a, in a really interesting way. Um, of course, it seems like a really wasteful thing to go and chop a tree down that's grown. But apparently, um, these farms help preserve green spaces because they are long-term generational green farming situations and they also employ about a hundred thousand people so like a christmas tree farm is actually kind of a a solid enterprise which i thought was quite fascinating um can and you they're, reuse they're a christmas tree i mean does it can, can you reuse it two years in a row or does it sort of whittle you know, i have no that is a really good good idea that's a really good question i just guess you can't keep it alive once you've chopped it down right no, yeah. unless you grow one and then you build your house around it and, then, and you never have to chop it down exactly um, yeah. Um, interestingly, so the, the really one of the most famous Christmas trees is the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree in the US, right? Because it's just huge. Um, and the, this huge spectacle had very humble beginnings. Apparently, the tradition started during the Great Depression in 1931, when construction workers put up a 20 foot tree and decorated it with paper garlands and strings of cranberries and tin cans and things like that. And then um, 
and yeah and so then they put it up and then um you know that that's what they did now today you know they're choosing a tree that's a hundred feet which is trucked into the city propped up in the plaza and topped with a swarovski crystal star that weighs more than nine thousand pounds so from humble beginnings it is now an elaborate showcase of opulence so um but yeah but that's the story of that one um, apparently, Australian Christmas trees are the world's largest parasites. So what this means is if you've heard the phrase Australian Christmas tree, you might imagine like a fir tree on the beach or something like that. Um, but apparently the plant that Australians call a Christmas tree is actually an aggressive um, hemiparasitic type of mistletoe. And the parasite is believed to be the largest in the world with its roots stabbing victims up to 360 feet away. It looks nothing like a conifer, but it has yellow orange flowers bloom around the holidays, which is why it has that name. So it's actually, they call it the Australian um, Christmas tree, which is kind of like in New Zealand, we have the Pahutakawa tree, which is this beautiful red tree that flowers at Christmas time. But um, in Australia, the one that they say that is actually very parasitic, but um, is very beautiful. So that's okay. And we do have um, a fan from so, Australia yes, as well. David Hodges on the Facebook says, hello. He says, oh, yes, BBQ oh. on Christmas Day, which, of course, refers to the fact that lucky in Australia, you guys have a have a very hot Christmas. It's summertime in the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? It's getting and it's already getting pretty warm, as I've seen from friends on <laughs> in different countries. It's already heating up down there as it's starting to get a bit chillier here. And I wonder um, that the, the, the really... decoration for Australia might be a bit different to the to the rest of the world, because we usually get sp spray and snow or like different tinsels with snow on it. But you can't mm -hmm. decorate your tree with snow or that kind of tinsels in Australia because it wouldn't be fitting. They do, though, don't they? I they don't do, know. right? They have fake snow and things. It's just a bit out of sorts i mean they could always do what they do in um they could do what they do in florida they make an annual christmas tree out of 700 tons of sand <laughs> they could do that on australian beaches <laughs> um yeah 700 tons they make a 70 a 35 foot uh christmas tree topped with lights and a star it takes a month long to make it i don't know if they've done it this year though because social distancing and you'd hope they hadn't done it this year because social distancing um but yeah so it, it's quite fascinating in that way and they're also a bit of a hazard apparently christmas trees cause 160 fires every year so make sure that if you've got your lights plugged on that you don't keep them on when you go to bed okay that's a, a nice little little public service announcement about being safe with your with your christmas tree um but of course um i, I think it's quite quaint when we read about all the different kinds of things people used to use to decorate christmas trees considering how many things we have now um i love the idea of like the popcorn garland from like you know it's an american tradition of stringing bits of popcorn together and decorating them with that um i think now people make christmas trees such a it can be quite a show of you know, like their ability to colour coordinate or whatever it is, or um, the number of fragile ornaments they have suggests their ability not to have children or like that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so it's quite, I, I'm finding it really fascinating. And I think it's really, um, I think it's lovely to think about people decorating a little bit more this year. Um, considering everything we've been through, it might seem a bit frivolous, but you know, I think it's worth it. And even if you, you, you're a bit late to the party, don't worry. You're never going to be as late to the party as the Vatican, who didn't get a Christmas tree until 1982. 
and which is hilarious for me, considering you know that uh, that that it was a tradition that Catholic Church uh, snubbed for hundreds of years. It snubbed it for hundreds of years, and it wasn't until 1982 that Pope John Paul II um, brought a Christmas tree into the Vatican to sit beside the traditional Italian nativity crib. Um, and so, yeah, so <laughs> which is you know I thought like it's beautiful and festive and covered in lights and candles. Wouldn't that be something that you guys would be really into over there at the Vatican, but apparently not. So anyway, if you're a bit late to the party, you haven't got a tree yet. There's still time. It's only the, it's only the 9th of December. We've got time to, to we just bought our tree. One. We just bought our tree two days ago from Japan Home Center. They do. I know it's plastic, Delightful. but I intend to keep it forever and ever and keep ever. It for, yeah, it's my first tree, really. Before that, we only had oh, like wow. really little trees, and by by little, I mean like thirty centimeters, because we just never had the space for it. And you know, my grandma just was like, "Oh, never mind. We don't need a Christmas tree." But she'd always be really cheered up when we took out the thirty centimeter Christmas tree. But this year, <laughs> I think we invested in one that's six foot tall so it's quite wow yes it's quite gosh yes wow that's a tall tree it's got three layers and if, if it's too tall wow. we can always take away the middle the middle layer i think it's a bit too big for the house if i'm honest but i'm sticking i'm sticking <laughs> oh. to my guns you know and, i don't think it is really yeah. you've only got another couple of weeks of december and then you can take it down <laughs> Exactly. Sacrifice. Sacrifice for the festivity. <laughs> it's sort of you enter the door and it's just the tree. That's it. And then through the tree is the room. <laughs> Never mind. It's We're actually, you're like, tropical. we've actually built a house in it. We have a tree house and we live in our Christmas tree now. <laughs> <laughs> have you got any Christmas uh, quotes uh, or Christmas tree quotes we can end on today? I don't. Crazy? I don't, unfortunately. I'm sorry. I couldn't find any good Christmas tree quotes. Um, but I will... Um, yeah, but I, I will just have to hope that um, people wouldn't wouldn't mind and then maybe just <laughs> just move on past the fact that I couldn't find any quotes. Never and mind. I'll have lots of quotes next week to make exactly. up for it. Exactly. And thank you so much indeed for your sharing today. And I look forward to more sharing with you next week. Thank you very much indeed. And that's Cruzy McCalligan for this week's audio column. Thank you very much indeed. And